You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, welcome to episode 74 of the 515 Podcast. Are you awake? Barely. Your eyes were closed. Yeah. (laughs) John, I don't want to bother you. Um, We're recording. (laughs) This is the 515 Podcast. Uh, Jason Priest, my here with John Wayne McMahon. How are you doing, sir? uh, A little tired, long day, but I'm joyful. Honestly, I I was so tired. Daylight Savings was two days ago now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm still not quite adapted to it. But like yesterday, uh, Monday, um, when you're listening to this, it was the day before. Yeah. um, I was legitimately like old man tired at 8 p.m. Yeah. Like, oh, I need to get ready for bed. Yeah. And I was like, what have I become? But uh, I, I just, I fought it. Yeah, we had dinner with friends Sunday night, and I was pretty, pretty out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and plus I started trying to work out again, which I haven't done since the kid was born. Let's go. So, yeah. There's we're, only so we're many a couple weeks hours back into that. Yeah. 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 You've got to squeeze all that in. Yeah. Well, uh, we're here today. Um, we're actually finishing the joseph series is that correct done we have been finito we have been talking about this for so long both the sermon series and the end of the sermon series yeah but what i'm really glad is that we're finally kind of getting to the culmination yeah of joseph's story yeah um and uh, i really thought you know based on what when i grew up grew up i knew about the code of many colors and i really thought that would be a lot more prominent in this story like we keep coming back to it or some kind of I'm picturing like Game of Thrones, like hold, bring me my coat of colors. Yeah, we no. really haven't mm-hmm. gone back into it, so that's my one complaint about this sermon series. But it's not on you. I, I realize. That. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a really big story in Genesis. Yeah. With a lot of parts. But they However, were... I will say, if you really wanted to bring it back into it, this last part episode, if yeah. you would, would be the one that you would bring it back up because. In this part, the brothers all kneel before Joseph. Mm, that's a great shot. And not the way that they thought it was going to happen, yeah. but they do. In in the way that those dreams did very early on. Okay. Yeah, okay. So let's And do he it. becomes... And remember that jacket was like the patriarchal sign. It was the signet ring yes. that his father was giving him that he would be the patriarch, that he would be the one that would be the inheritance and all of this. And now like as small as the, or as big as that vision felt in the beginning, now mm-hmm. it's like massive because mm-hmm. jo- of who Joseph is. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, we're, we're in it. So let's, let's talk about the, where we've, where we've kind of come from. And I kind of open I open with some play on words, and, I, and I'll use the same thing because we've been – we've covered a lot of things in this Joseph series. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we've ridden this roller coaster of events from beginning to end with him. We've cried alongside Joseph in his despair. We have questioned God in the jail cells of abandonment. Where are you, God? How did I end up in prison Mm -hmm. along with Joseph? Uh, We have clutched to pain in the place of betrayal, maybe even betrayal by the people uh, that are supposed to love us and they're supposed to be people we can trust. Um, And we've fallen on our faces in, in the face of repentance and finding the need to... Um, repent and and develop a life of repentance, and that's where we were last week. And all of that culmin like it, it all comes to a head, to a climactic finish here at the end when um, Joseph's kind of like ruse uh, with the brothers uh, is fu- is fully played out, and there's there's some healing. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an end of the story. There's uh, kind of a like. A big sigh, if you will. Uh, 
this is all over. You know, like (laughs) this is finally played out. This soap opera, uh, we don't have to wait till next episode to see what happens. Like this is kind of the end of the the end of the story. There's more to uh, Genesis about Joseph's family and the brothers, but this is this is that dramatic series that's played out Mm -hmm. that has come to this point. Where, and I'll just tell you a little bit more specifically for this week. We were in Genesis 44. And there's like uh, Joseph sends all the brothers away and he hides one of his special cups in Benjamin's uh, sack and he sends his uh, one of his workers, one of his servants to go and find him and uh, says, hey, you all stole something and Mm -hmm. uh, whoever's got it uh, will be a servant to to my Lord, to Joseph. And so remember that Joseph hasn't revealed himself to the brothers yet. And so they find this cup in Benjamin's. Uh, sack the brothers react in a way that's completely different than the way that we've seen them throughout the story and remember that Joseph was the number one favorite and once he thought was to be dead in Jacob's eyes now the new favorite is Benjamin the younger mm-hmm. brother of the wife that he loved uh, from Rachel and so Benjamin's the new favorite he didn't even want to send him to Egypt and now there's a chance that Benjamin's going to be the slave of Joseph yeah. and so they react in mourning and they rip their clothes and there's this kind of a love for their brother mm-hmm. and, uh, and a sympathy for their father and not wanting to to be the final blow, death blow to to his heart. Um, and so it's really interesting to see the brothers, even though they've been through probably hell, I mean, yeah. in, in their home and in, in their relationships. And then as it plays out, uh, Joseph, there's this interaction with Joseph and one of the brothers, Judah, where Judah says, you know what? Let me take me. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll stand in the place of Benjamin. Um, real dramatic. Uh, when these are, he was one of the main ones wanting to, to get rid of Joseph and yeah. and to see this reversal. Now he's gonna, he's gonna stand in the place of Benjamin. And that's when Joseph kind of realizes this has gone full circle and he reveals himself to them mm-hmm. and through tears and uh, really cool journey for all of them, all involved. And that's where we played played with it this week on on what's going on. Yeah, I was reading kind of. Um, you know, like an analysis of of this, and 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 the way that Joseph's behavior was like, you know, he set these guys up to make it look like they stole his money in this cut, and specifically, yeah, like a lot of times, like he a lot, yeah, yeah over and over again, like and three then he times, specifically, yeah. like okay, and I'm putting this cup in Benjamin's bag, so like. It, was he just? It 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 seemed like he was really just trying to frame them, but I don't think that was it. I mean, I don't feel like there was that kind of malice. Like he was really, I, I yeah. Feel there's like he a lot sort of, of sub, uh, you know, an ulterior motive behind that. And, and you know, what do what am I missing? No, you, you, there's a lot of perspectives that would say that he's. He's kind of getting revenge here, and I, yeah. I don't think I agree with it. I, no, I don't think that that aligns with what we see of Joseph early in the story where he's believing in God even though he's in prison. He's been accused of sexual misconduct by the Pharaoh's wife, mm-hmm. you know, like all of these things over and over again. And God's uh, kind of poured into Joseph. He's been formed up by this thing. He, he, he falls and rises in this faith, this beautiful faith that's been created in him. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but it, it looks like... Like what I think Joseph is doing is finding a way to communicate fully how he was hurt by the brothers. Mm-hmm. And so what you see is this comparison in the text, the way that Joseph was treated, thrown into slavery, and now Benjamin's going to be 
thrown into slavery. Yeah. And so like there's this there's just these parallels that take place in the story. And I think that what God's doing in and through Joseph is to help the brothers come to the full place of truly being healed from what they created uh, early on, but also right. in the injustice of their dad's done in their lives. There's a lot of layers of healing that's going to take place in the brothers. And so I believe Joseph is an agent of healing for the brothers in this season. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, a lot. Because, yeah. you know, I would think if I was going to make a, an HBO movie out of this or something like that. Yeah, you know, you which could, is possible. Well, exactly. It could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think I'd like to see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I could see Hollywood saying, oh, you know what? Let's show in there how Joseph's just been plotting his whole life. Like, while he's in prison, he's like, man, I'm going to get my brothers. I'm going to really just stick it to them. If I ever had the chance, I'm going to do the same thing to that. Yeah. But we don't see any of that in this story, right? right? I mean, Right. Not so, really. I think that that's kind of your explanation is a yeah. lot more fulfilling yeah. than that. So I like that a lot. And someone might accuse me of want, just wanting to see that ending, you know, rose-colored glasses. But but if I'm trying to be objective, I don't I don't know if the revengeful, mm-hmm. like, characteristic is prevalent in any other part. So I don't know yeah. if that's what we're seeing here. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's... So, you, so, so let me give you just a couple more okay, details please. about Thank that. Yes. A, a reason why I think that. So there's this big feast that he throws for the brothers. Right. He's right. lavished mm-hmm. this... Uh, you know, he invites them in. They're they're treated with the best. Even though this is part of, like, the lesson that's coming through, they get really taken care of. And this is um, this is more than they need to. The, the Joseph's, like, uh, servants of the house would wash their feet. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of grace going on here. And then we see Joseph lose it at the end in tears and, mm-hmm. and just through great compassion pour out. So so I, I just don't think he's trying to uh, exact revenge. Yeah. Um, so you talked about how uh, sanctification. Yeah, big and, word. And that is a $10 big word. word. Um, I would love to, if somewhere on this podcast we could have like a like a pop-up video kind of thing where the yeah. definition appears on the screen, but this is not a, vo- a video podcast. Yeah, we're not there this yet. Maybe you could uh, help me out there. Yeah, and kind of crowdsource. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. <laughs> tell me, tell me about this sanctification and that ways that that grace like works in our life. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk a little bit more practically in a little bit about how it's working in Joseph's story, but I was trying to make the case that this is this is uh most like for me in my perspective the way that grace works in the sanctifying journey in our life. And so um we as Methodists talk about this in in a different way, not and I explained this out Sunday too if you, you should catch that sermon when you can. Mm-hmm. Um but grace there's not three different kinds of grace. But grace working in different ways in our life. And so there's the prevenient grace, the grace working preveniently. Um, that's before I ever acknowledge who God is. And so I, mean, I don't even believe in God. And yet it's prevenient grace that I can feel this awe when I'm at the Grand Canyon. Or mm. it's prevenient grace that, um, that you know, I'm spared in something. It's prevenient grace. It's God's grace that's available. It's common grace that's, that's available for all people. And it's, it's also the grace that woos us and so it's the grace that kind of starts to open my eyes to who God is mm-hmm. um, then justifying grace that's the grace that's grace working in my life so that my eyes are open to see the brokenness that is around me to know that I, I am in desperate need of a savior that there's just things messed up and I just can't fix it it's it's the place of when I realize and my heart is broken to the depths of my sin in my life and gives me the ability to respond to the grace that that is afforded me in God it is the grace of God that moves me from death to life 
in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. from orphan to son yeah. in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And then sanctifying grace. Now, and, and this one's so important for me because there's, if when the Methodist church is at its best, it is an emphasis on this. It is, it is how we, I think the Methodist church helps the rest of the big C church to fully define God's grace in relation to mankind when we bring what we got to the sanctification part of the conversation. Hmm. And so what I mean by that is the Methodist church, this is kind of the grand depositum. This is, this is the big shebang for who Wesley is and how he kind of poured into who we are as we emphasize that at the justifying part, when I am saved, that is not the end of the story, but the beginning of a journey Mm -hmm. where God does not only desire to forgive me for sin, but to eradicate sin in my life, that he can not only set me free from the power and the evil of sin, but he can also remove it from my life. And so sanctifying grace is the grace that works in us to make us more like Christ, to perfect us in love. And that's what I think I see in this story for both the brothers and for Joseph mm-hmm. and by nature also for Jacob and, and everyone cool. that's that's uh, involved in this. It's the grace um it's the grace that helps us to see, even after being saved or becoming Christian, the grace that allows us to continue this purifying process of becoming more into the image that we were created to be. Mm-hmm. Is that how, how does that? Try that on. No, I like that. You like that? Does yeah. that make sense? How would you how would you sum that up, or have you seen that played out in your life? I mean, um, well, thanks for popping that on me yeah sorry uh, out of nowhere um i don't have an answer to that let me come back to that okay 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 because <laughs> um, i was also thinking um back to that sanctification word because um, of the two of us here i don't have a theological um yeah, yeah. or anything like that yeah. but i'm curious um is that a specifically a methodist theological word oh good or, good, or good, good you, yeah. you talk go back to that big c church mm-hmm. do other deal do other uh denominations uh, harp on this sanctification and like really kind of promote it like what would help me out yeah so let me let me first uh i'll say what john wesley kind of says about it so this is a quote from wesley expressed in the most general term sanctification addresses the entire work of the transformation in human lives by the holy spirit from the moment individuals are born again until they are given glorification and death and so it, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When we, mm-hmm. when we are died, we're glorified. Um, we are uh, crowned in glory that we are, we are made into uh, this holy, uh, um, sanctified uh, uh, person that can be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so until that moment, the work of the Holy Spirit to purify us, to work in us, to remove that sin from our life, the ultimate end of the Spirit's work is to restore the full image of God in humanity, making humanity like Christ. And so, uh, again, justification, being saved, being born again, that's only the beginning of the journey. Resurrection means that we can be spiritually resurrected, and, and that's a process that's happening in us, mm-hmm. in regeneration that's going on. Okay, mm-hmm. so a lot of theological words are going on. <laughs> but let me just say that that's Wesley, like, really kind of emphasizing, but it's not just a Methodist term. Like, I, d- I don't want to misrepresent. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of – I just feel like we do it better. Some <laughs> – some of the Reformed yeah. churches and Baptist churches talk about uh, justification and being saved mm-hmm. in a way that we can learn from, that we need to learn from. Mm-hmm. 
um, uh, Calvin and, and other Reformed theologians talk about the sovereignty of God in ways that we can learn from that. And I just think that Methodists, when they can, what they can add to the conversation is is not a legalism, but it's in a freedom that, that is available in the grace of God to set us free from sin. So our lives are different. So we're changed. So we're transformed um, and, and we're renewed uh, by his grace. And, and the world might take notice in that. And so it's not purely uh, Methodist or Wesleyan, um, and I can give you some scriptures and stuff uh, that kind of show it uh, uh, play out a little bit. So um, F- Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, Therefore, my dear friends, as you always obeyed, not only my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. Mm. So without even using the Greek word there for saying, Sanctifying that idea is what is what it's talking about. Continue to work out your salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm just simply saved and that's game over, like that's it. Like I've I've arrived. Fire insurance check. Like yeah. everything is good. Then that scripture, what Paul's talking about, to work out your salvation in fear and trembling, which which means like respect and and. Um, uh, a holy fear, not in a scary fear, but in a way of like, this is a responsibility I should carry. Yeah. I should really take this seriously. Like, for example, the be- this just popped in my head. Like, when um, when I'm working, when when I'm injecting insulin into Luke's body, like mm-hmm. that's so serious that there's almost a fear in me to really make sure I get it right. Yeah. Right? You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that should translate into the sanctifying journey. That I should take that same kind of this kind of holy respect in how important this is and what God's doing in me. First uh, Peter 1, 2, uh, we have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Uh, that that we're called to be transformed. And let me share one more. John 17, 17 through 19. Jesus is praying this prayer to the Father, final hours with the disciples. God, I want you to sanctify them by the truth. Mm. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. And let me just say a little bit about that Greek word. This verb, and it is a verb here, hygos, is holy or sanctified. It refers to making something... it is a, making something different or holy or transformed. So the gold in the temple of the Old Testament is holy for it is sanctified by being set apart or used in the temple in Jerusalem. So this same idea as in the Old Testament by coming into contact with it is someone is holy by being a part of God's temple mm. and being used by God. Yeah. We is the temple of the Holy Spirit because God's Spirit dwells within us just like it dwelled in the temple. And as we are being used by God. We are being sanctified and and made more into His image. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, I was. I'm still thinking about the. I've not listened to any of that because I'm still trying to answer your question. <laughs> you don't have to get too bogged down in no, that. No, I. You know, my, I think my answer. I think my. Uh, this is going to be. It, it, you would. Well, really, and you don't have to answer it fully if you have an answer. Then that's fine. But what answer. I was trying to say is take my. Uh, theological jargon yeah and kind of relate it back to the folks that are listening because sometimes I just like to hear myself talk yeah and uh, I just want to make sure that we're understanding what what I'm laying down where I've been going through this is that I think a lot I've talked to a lot of people and I've used to be one of these people that think the last book of the Bible is John 3:16 it's mm. like 
I'm good because I believe he's the son of God. So I'm good. I'm going to heaven done. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. my work here is done. But there's so much more. There's more responsibility if you believe that. And then you how you go out and show it. That that sanctifying, uh, that grace, you know, you have to, that, that has to live through you. And you have to really absorb that. So, um, and I was going to dovetail that into... Um, I promise I'm going to mention the uh, mortal life groups. I don't get paid for recruiting this. This is this is not a plug that I'm being paid for. But you know, hey, so right before you get okay, into that, because I want you to come back to that, because okay, cool. we're we're going to talk about it in the next oh, few weeks. Okay. But I love what you said about John three sixteen. People always stop there. Yeah. Like that's the end of it. Man, and if you actually me. read through the rest of the text, man, yeah. there's some heavy stuff. It talks about the process of of not being condemned. So, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Mm-hmm. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear of their deeds being exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. That's in process. This is sanctifying journey because the light has entered the world this is the process of us moving into the light Mm -hmm. so you use the metaphor that's incredible because you're right john 3 16 is not the end of the bible yeah it's not the end (laughs) of the journey it's not even the end of the chapter right so cool awesome okay so what were you going to say that happens in community right it absolutely you know i think i i was there uh let me go the provenient grace that was there okay you know i didn't even realize it you know justifying okay yeah that was that was there but it wasn't until I started getting really involved in these communities and I saw through these these uh, relationships and conversations that we're having that I started noticing around me all these ways that there's there's been grace for me in my life yeah and um, that's where it's really starting and now I just you know I pay it forward it's like, yeah. you, like you say yeah. every Sunday it's like this is how, how when you leave from this place what do you do yeah and that's where I'm seeing differences in my life is, is how I behave outside of the church amen oh good night everybody oh no there's more. no there's a couple more a couple more things in our notes okay so I want to go back to sanctification because we've been talking about this Joseph guy for a long time yeah let's and we were just it. talking yeah. about him potentially setting his brothers up as thieves, but we don't think that's what happened. Right. So how do we take the sanctification and put it back into the Joseph story? Yeah, so I think the brothers in this part, sometimes we have to learn lessons that we don't want to learn. Ooh, and yes. I think that's for the brothers. They don't mm-hmm. want to learn this. They don't want to go to Egypt. They mm-hmm. don't They want to face this. They don't even want to imagine that Joseph might be still alive <laughs> and they'll have to like interact with that. And they definitely don't want the dream that happened in the beginning to come full circle mm-hmm. and for it to happen. And so that lesson is given to us. Excuse me, and I ask you, brothers and sisters, how many of us are refusing to learn the lessons that mm-hmm. God's trying to teach us? Because that's part of the sanctifying journey. And so they come to a place of healing and being made whole. And I challenge us Sunday, and I challenge us again. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want healing from the wrongs that you've committed or from those that have been committed to you? Because that happens all in the brothers. The brothers have been yeah. so messed up by their family system but they've also committed a lot of wrongs mm-hmm. and so that sanctifying journey is about healing in both of those ways and so that takes place that's kind of the more obvious one right is they're forced to look at what they've done 
they in Benjamin, they see what they did to Joseph. Mm -hmm. uh, And so they're forced to look upon that, to confess that in repentance, as we talked about last week. And then there's healing, there's grace. Joseph says, listen, you didn't send me to Egypt, but God sent me to Egypt. And so I, you're forgiven from that. It's, it's gone. It's erased. Mm -hmm. And Joseph becomes this beautiful picture of God's love. That's why God focuses in on Joseph's story in Genesis, I think, is to remind as bad as things are so far in Genesis for humanity, because it is bad. I want to remind you that God's still going to be faithful and and he's using Joseph to tell that story to the world. And so there's forgiveness that's there for them. Now, what about Joseph? Because I believe Joseph is being sanctified here. Hmm. If you look at Joseph, man, he's a pretty good dude, right? He's been through a whole lot. He's basically uh, all of civilization rests on his shoulders because the most powerful uh, entity in the world is uh, Pharaoh at this time. And he's raised to the top to to save up food and basically save civilization uh, so Mm -hmm. that they don't die in this huge famine. He is pressed through prison. He has kept his head on his shoulders, accused of sexual misconduct, didn't lose himself there. Like all of these things happen. Pretty good dude pretty uh it would be okay and expected for him to settle for complacency and yet god is going to bring him all the way and teach him and press into him so that he also might find healing and that's part of the sanctifying journey god what are you teaching me even in this season that we're we have never arrived that we in humility are inviting god in to change us and transform us is that How's that? Yeah. You could see it in both of them. And it's just, I just, as I was preparing this week, I felt like that's how we needed to close that for whoever is in the room, like both these stories, uh, reach into our pocket and think about this. Like this is sanctification. Mm -hmm. Joseph, when he tells the brothers, you didn't send me here. God sent me here. Yeah. That this wasn't your doing, that you meant this for bad and God used this for good. Mm -hmm. That is the Christian journey is getting to a place of being able to love folks, maybe even in spite of them. To be, to give, to have this supernatural love that only comes from God for other people so that it's unconditional. It's not based on, on merit or anything like that. Yeah. All the times that we ask, how can, you know. God let bad things happen to good people, yeah. which we've done on this podcast before, and, yeah. and we hear it all the time from doubters. It, it is here's an example of why that had happened yeah. to Joseph, you know? yeah. and that's something that we can. Uh, and for Joseph to not say, "Why is all this happening to me, and why do I have to?" Deal yeah, we with, haven't seen that once, right? Like I've done pretty good. Why do I have to deal with the brothers now? Aren't we free <laughs> yeah. from this? Like. No, like instead of Joseph asking that question, he's now reflecting, okay, even now, what is God teaching me? Mm-hmm. What, what is God showing me in this season? That's part of the holiness, the movement of holiness in someone's life is taking a bad situation and reflecting on what God's transforming and changing in you so that you can be a vessel uh, for God to use in, and and work in and through people. Mm-hmm. And I said this Sunday, and I'll say it again. I even shared it on social media. The complacency is is really a dangerous thing. Complacency is cutting God off from what he wants to do in us and through us. And so what we choose, like, yeah, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm yeah. not as bad as so-and-so. Mm-hmm. We're actually putting God back in our box and not thinking that God can actually do more and work through us in, in an amazing way. Yeah. Yeah. So let's close with this. How do we partner with God okay. in this work? Because this is really important for, for us and for 515 purposes and yeah. and why we do this. Um, 
I think one we have to ask questions about ourselves. Like, so if you, you hate your boss, or you hate your job, or your marriage is not going the way you want it to be going. It's just a season of of difficulty, and I think um, too often we just we just focus on everything that's wrong and everything that stinks in everybody else but not ourselves. Yeah. And so even if you find yourself in those places where things are difficult uh, or it's a tough season or uh, work is hard or whatever it is, sanctification is going, God, what are you trying to teach me? Mm -hmm. Not God, will you change that person? (laughs) I'm sick of them. But God, what are you changing in me? What are you transforming in me so that I might love them more um, or so that I might have more peace or I might have more joy in this? Not always being the ultimate victim in our life, um, but actually being one who believes in that Philippians text that he who began that good work is going to continue. He's going to continue to work. And there's no guarantee that that's going to happen just because you ask God for it, that it's going to happen the next day or later that day or next week. I mean, Joseph put up with this for a large portion of his life. I mean, I'm just spitballing, like from probably 20 something years, you know, going through this entire process but he was constantly faithful yeah. and, and receptive well, to Well, I bet he was honest with God. Like Absolutely. I'm sure he yeah, was. Sure. But like you you met the the people the person that's just angry for no reason, like yells at the uh, grocery clerk for yeah. you know like I I, I just I, I imagine that they probably have gone through some crap. Sure. But I think in the middle of all of that they've constantly focused on what's been done to them mm-hmm. and not found in peace any peace or or satisfaction in the fact that God's with a with them mm-hmm. but b also uh, preparing them for what's to come that's why Paul talks about all kinds of things Su- suffering's good for us cuz suffering uh, produces perseverance and strength in it and it points to the glory of God and so how do we in the middle of of difficulty or struggles or lessons say okay what are you trying to teach me here and then the last thing and we'll just end with this is you got to stick to the means of grace. Um, and mm, and yeah. small groups are one of those means of grace, yeah. a community that helps us see the truth, to ask those questions of ourselves uh, in community and discipleship bands and, and small groups, um, scripture and prayer and Holy Communion, receiving the grace of God that's available for us, corporate worship, those places of, of means of grace um, that are so important. So if I'm if I'm listening to this podcast, <clears throat> which I'm not, I'm editing it, but yeah. I'm listening to it. Yeah. But if I'm one of the listeners and I've heard us time and again talk about mortal life groups, band meeting groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? How do I get plugged in? What? Okay, next three weeks. What? Yeah, listen to this, <laughs> folks. In Vine, Vine Worship. Okay. Um, over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about discipleship small groups, mortal life groups, and band groups over the next three weeks. Yeah. Very specifically, uh, we're going to lay this out. We're going to talk about the, the good things about them, and we're going to have witnesses. We're going to have testimonies from people that have been involved in them. Um, I'm going to lay all this out. We have groups that are forming. We have groups that are splitting so they can grow, mm-hmm. so they can multiply. Yep. We have uh, all of this going on right now, and so uh, this is a great season for this. And then that means naturally on 515, we'll we'll talk through some things a little bit as well. If you're if you're primarily a 515 listener, maybe you're a sanctuary person, um, yeah. be sure to turn into the podcast, but also the 515 over the next few weeks, because we're, we're going to lay it all out there. That might be my best segue I've ever 
for me. Did you know that? Yeah, I was being very intense. Okay, good, good job. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't remember if I told you or not. Golly, come on. I know, I'm such a loser. No, that's what I want to do. I wanted to give everybody who's tuned in uh, for this uh, this half hour or so uh, a good tease of what's coming up next, and, and I knew that that was a great kind of segue. So good Because I, we, I just had a conversation recently with someone who was like, well, I'm in a more life group, but... I've heard about band groups, but I, what are they? How do I get in one? I hadn't even talked about band groups That's, yet. That was my point. I was going to make is that yeah. you know you've been really pushing the 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 mortal life group, and mm. this is intention. You intentionally not really been pushing the band yeah. group, and I just wanted to talk to that person and everybody that's listening. Yeah. That now's the time you're about to find out all about it. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kind of kind of there's some that formed organic. Anyways, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about it over the next few weeks. Save it. All yes. right, love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.